0: This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata.
1: We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Staying with the defense right now, Trey Hendrickson. He did leave for a few series, went into the locker room in the first half. I always get nervous because without Trey Hendrickson, we really need him out there on that defensive line. Sam Hubbard during moments. What did you think of uh, Sam and Trey tonight?
0: Ooh, Trey was awesome even though he only had half a sack i thought he was really giving dan more of the business um a lot of bull rushes and i think trey does a lot of fun stuff with his hands and he can win around the outside or win inside he is at his best but he can put his head down and become <laughs> just be a, a a snow plow and just fire into those offensive linemen two hands and drive them straight backwards that's what he did to get his sack And I thought he got a ton of pressure on Pickett today doing just that to Dan Moore, which is what he did last year to Dan Moore and ended up with like 12 pressures over two games. I think you'll see some similar numbers from the game today, like five or six. And then Sam Hubbard, my favorite play on the defensive side was so Pickett yells out, Lou, 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 meaning not Lou Anarumo, but uh, he's calling for a slide to the left. I know this is very rudimentary to say Lou is slide to the left for L. And Ron would be slide to the right for R. It's like, yeah, even NFL teams are still doing that type of thing. So they run a full slide to the left. And uh, the call ends up bringing the pressure right into the slide. But then they kept Sam Hubbard on a delayed rush. So it looked like he wasn't going. It looked like he might drop back. He's kind of like stood there took a step back. And then the guy, the right tackle is going to slide down with the rest of the offensive line to squeeze it down because he thinks that guy's dropping off. Pressure to one side dropping off on the other is completely normal. He rushes, gets a free rush, gets a sack. Awesome. That's a, <laughs> it was such a cool call to see in real time. And then uh, when it works out, it's just like, Okay. I know these blitzes were not working the entire first half. What a great blitz. <laughs> no, do more of that specific one on third and long.
1: Like I said, you're going to go back and watch the tape. So you'll get a more in-depth look on the defense and offensive side of the ball. Jermaine Pratt. Let's look at the linebacker room. Ooh,
0: Underrated game. Underrated game for Jermaine Pratt. I loved his game today. He did what's called a fast fit twice and got tackles for loss or a tackle for like no gain. And what that is, is when they run wide zone type plays, there's just this little crease that'll open up between two players because one guy's going to help here, one guy's going to help there. Now there's just a little space in between them and Pratt runs right through it. I think they're both to the B gap. So in between the guard and tackle, guard goes to block the nose, the tackle's trying to block the end, and Pratt just sprints through that B gap and makes a tackle. Awesome, awesome stuff. That's just oh, it's some of the most fun plays you could watch uh at least against the run, maybe not against there's some interceptions and stuff against the pass that might be more fun, but to me, love watching that. And he made some big hits. It felt like every time Pratt would hit somebody, you would just hear the giant thud on the on the broadcast. I wasn't at the game, but uh I assume you could hear it pretty well there too because the microphones are picking it up. But you know when he hits guys he hits guys and love seeing a linebacker that knows when to take the opportunity to fast fit a run through.
1: This is a DJ Reader Stand podcast. He returned to the game after his injury week three. What did you think of DJ Reader tonight?
0: I I didn't think he was up to his normal self. I don't think he was terrible or anything, but I don't think it was I'm shutting down two gaps and being that dude, DJ Reader, I think think the knee wasn't the best. And I also think that the field didn't look great, so I can also see that having an effect on uh, somebody with a janky knee right now, so – Hoping it gets better for the next game, because that's going to be more important against the Titans to be able to stop that run game. But I didn't think it was terrible. Didn't think he was all pro level like he was in weeks one through three.
1: And to be determined on, you know, if you're 100% when you're coming back from that in your first live-action NFL game, it's always kind of hard to get used to that after being out for a few weeks. So, yeah, as you mentioned, it won't be easy against the Tennessee Titans. We'll get to that preview later in the week. Look ahead, a huge AFC battle because they're secretly uh, having a nice little record that nobody really is paying attention to with the Titans right now, and it's going to be a rematch of the divisional game. So it should be a fun one, and we'll get to that later this week. I want to look ahead to the AFC picture right now, because you're getting to that point where these games are going to matter. Teams are going to play other teams in the AFC and the AFC East. You look at the AFC South, which I feel like the Titans are going to take that by a mile. The AFC West, I still don't feel like we. it is what we thought it would be. I know the Chargers and Kansas Kansas City are playing right now. At the moment, the Chargers are winning. This game will be over by the time you listen to this podcast. And all of it kind of factors in what's going to happen in Cincinnati. I watched the Baltimore Ravens today, and I think this is a perfect example of it. And I know they won the game, but it's any given Sunday There's been a lot of talk about Baltimore really taking the AFC North and Cincinnati's path, and it won't be easy for Cincinnati. There's some really tough games coming up, but they've been in that position before. You get the Bills, you get Kansas City, you get the Titans, you get Tampa. I think that Patriots game is still a head scratcher, even though that board that they played against the New York Jets today was uh, terrible to watch for both offenses. But there's still plenty of opportunity for Cincinnati to gain ground or just kind of be put in a difficult position. And Baltimore's ride to the AFC North looks a little bit easier, but I watched them against a Carolina Panthers team, but I know it's any given Sunday and it doesn't really matter what a team's record is that often uh, struggling a bit. And one of the things we keep hearing about the Baltimore Ravens, we haven't seen their best football yet, but what is their best football? Because what I've seen so far this season, I'm like, okay, all right. Cincinnati should have won that game. I can't believe you held them to 19 points and you still took the L on Sunday night football against the Baltimore Ravens. So I haven't been extremely impressed. And I still think it's not as easy as they think it's going to be to just take the North the rest of the way.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I feel like the Ravens are just so benefited from their schedule the rest of the season. They get Opponents like the Panthers, where they can put up a game like they did today, and still come away with the win, because it doesn't matter. They they play poorly, but as long as you know, as long as they just they just don't throw four interceptions, they they'll win the game because they're the better team. Eventually, Lamar Jackson will score a touchdown, and the defense, what, two interceptions, five sacks or something against Baker, like it's. Baker Mayfield against every other NFL team is not a good quarterback against the Bengals for some reason. He does pretty well, and uh, that showed again today. I don't know their next week's schedule, but just I think there are teams on their schedule, though. I'm going to quickly look it up because I don't think that the AFC North is out of reach. You have one more game against them, so they have to drop. They have to be one game worse than the Bengals over this stretch until week 18 because they have to be tied. On January 8th, when they play for the Bengals to be able to take the division, they play the Jags next week. That's a sometimes the Jags play well. I wouldn't be surprised or shocked if they lose to the Broncos. And then you got Steelers and Browns, divisional games, they can be tough. I predict the Ravens to win, but two games against the Steelers. Steelers have always played Lamar Jackson well. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, they're, they're it's an easy schedule because none of these teams are like dominant. They, they don't play the Chiefs, they don't play the Bills but it's like i wouldn't be shocked if they drop some of these games especially like a, a jags team that if the if the ravens play like they did today against that jags team i think the jags win because trevor lawrence is playing pretty well right now he's been up and down this year but he's playing pretty well and the defense can take advantage of these opportunities unlike what the panthers were able to do so i i don't know i wouldn't be shocked if the ravens were to drop a few games in this you know this easy schedule was overrated. Also wouldn't be that shocked if they do really, really well because they are the better team in all these games. So that's how I see it. Um other than that, I saw the Bengals were the seven seed right now. Yeah. I I I'm a little bit confused on the tiebreakers because they have a worse conference record than the Jets, but they kicked the Jets out. I don't know if that's I did see something once, and I I, I shouldn't just talk about things I see, but um so division standings and it had the you know the bengals are second in the afc north and i guess second in the afc north and a tied record is going to put them over the third team in the afc east i don't know that that's i believe could be the tiebreaker i would love for somebody on twitter to explain it to me but that is what i see is that the bengals and cbs showed it and i see it online on SBNation right now it's just that the Bengals are the number three or the third wild card team. They'd have to travel to Miami in the first round if the season ended today, pending the Chargers game. Which I guess the Chargers would be the second team of the AFC West, and then they probably have a better conference record if they win. So that would probably kick the Bengals back out of the playoffs. So go Chiefs tonight. No, <laughs> but, it is
1: so weird to say that, but we are saying go Chiefs.
0: I I, I don't I don't hate the Chiefs. I love Andy Reid. And that's, I, I think, the one thing that keeps me there. I used to like the Chiefs a little bit. I, I can't be there now because I think there is a small rivalry between the Bengals and Chiefs.
1: There because is. Because of
0: what happened. So I, I'm no longer there. But I have no problem rooting for them over the Chargers because there is also this stupid Burrow-Herbert rivalry with the Chargers. So <laughs> their fans make it sometimes. And the Bengals fans instigating it, too. It just becomes a little bit hard to root for the Chargers, too. <laughs> I don't know. I, I go Chiefs because I think the Chiefs are going to win the AFC West. So if you can make the wild card easier for the Bengals, that is still their best path to the playoffs. Um, need them to make the playoffs and uh, the Chiefs winning it gives them a better shot.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think with the Chiefs, it's the the whole AFC championship invitational that they feel like they host every year. And um, Cincinnati has shown that you can beat them at home. And honestly, Deja vu would be a nice little uh, thing to see later this year, but a lot of football left for the Cincinnati Bengals, but just the AFC picture overall. I think the bills game is one that I want to point out because whenever you can put the Browns in the basement, you love that. Uh, but kind of just overall with the Buffalo bills, they practiced one time and they were shoveling the rest of the time and still played really sloppy to begin the game. And then it was just over. It was over for Buffalo. They were not going to lose three games in a row. But I think one thing we've noticed or we've watched from Buffalo so far this season, they're a beatable team. Um, Obviously, Cincinnati being familiar with Kansas City, they're a beatable team. The Jets look absolutely brutal. I do not know how they have six wins with Zach Wilson as their quarterback. They're probably the worst six and four team that exists in the planet of the earth. I think the AFC is still wide, wide open right now.
0: I agree, especially for, I don't think the, I'll be honest. Yeah. I think the chiefs just have the one seed. (laughs) Like, I I think that's the one thing that's there. I mean, they got to win the night, but if they win tonight, they're eight and two. They're probably the best team on paper in the AFC. And, you know, they've got the one game lead. I I feel like they're just going to win the one seed. And so that might not be wide open. I feel like there's a clear team to beat. And it's not Buffalo after all the preseason hype. It's still the chiefs. Um, Bengals have shown they can do that. And the Chiefs are unbeatable. Yeah, like we just said, like, like we've seen. So uh, the the Bills definitely beatable. They look bad to start that game. I think the Josh Allen elbow thing, at least right now, looks like it's going to be a concern the rest of the year because I saw him just not hitting passes. And I know he hasn't always been the most accurate quarterback, but he's been more accurate the past three years. And he. the mind is there, but you know, sometimes it makes those bad decisions, but the mind is mostly there. And, uh, the arm just once in a while, just kind of failing. I was like, I I can't help, but think this could be elbow related. And I don't know if that gets better throughout the year, but it's going to be throwing a lot. Um, the bills look beatable. Chiefs are beatable, although they look like the best team in the AFC. Maybe I'll sound dumb when the Chargers win 45 to seven tonight or something, but, uh, not hoping for that because I'd kick the Bengals back out of the playoffs. No, Dolphins beatable. The Bengals beat them, and they and they were winning when Tua went down. So I'm yeah. not overly concerned about that. Titans beatable. Ravens, yeah, you know, look at all these teams. It's like, yeah, the Bengals could beat that team. The the Chiefs are the toughest one, but the Bengals could beat all of these teams. And realistically, the Bills right now are also a uh, wild card team. I know they're tied with the Dolphins, Uh, but it's kind of a Bengals-Ravens uh, situation with the Bills and Dolphins. Like the team that in my mind might be a little bit inferior is winning the division and they've got the tiebreaker and the other team is a wild card right now. If it sticks that way for both of them, I feel like it's going to be hard for the Bengals and bills to play in the AFC playoffs. So you might not even have to worry about it too much unless (laughs) it'd be a wild, like two wild card teams. When was the last time two wild card teams made it to the championship game? I don't know if that's ever happened
1: well anything is absolutely possible because this nfl season feels so upside down every week you have no clue what's going to happen and I'm still not, and look, this could come back and get me in in December and January or even the first round of the playoffs, but I'm not buying into the Miami Dolphins. I know they have the weapons, and I know Tua's looking pretty good out there, but I agree with you. When Tua was in the game, I felt pretty confident about this Bengals offense and defense being able to keep up with Miami, and they do have that one over Miami. So I think at the moment you're kind of just rooting for the Bills and the Chiefs to kind of take off. And then the other teams who are in those wild card spots and the Titans, I feel like they're going to take the South. um, And I don't think it's closing. You're going to want that one over them on Sunday. Um,
0: Jeff Saturday's Colts almost beat the Eagles today.
1: You never know what's going to happen. That that loss did help Cincinnati. So I don't mind it taking that L uh, 17, 16 against the Eagles, but it's any given Sunday every week. I just overall, we talked a little bit about the offense, the playmakers, the soon to be maybe return to Jamar Chase. I know we're recording on Tuesday. They don't hit the practice field really until Wednesday. So that update will be out there on social media. And I'm really looking forward to seeing if uh, Jamar Chase is good to go and, and could be returning for this big AFC battle against the Tennessee Titans a week from tonight. What's up on all Bengals? Are you back to work?
0: Yeah, I'll be back to work. I'm gonna have a takeaways article up and then I'll have a film one up and then it's Thanksgiving, so it's not really that much back to work, you know. I'm not gonna be doing previews or anything. Uh, but yeah. Uh back to work. I'm gonna at least get this takeaways article up because gotta write something. It's been a while.
1: <laughs> just put Joe Burl at your letter at your header and everybody will click on it. So <laughs> just put Joe Burl. <laughs>
0: I'll tell James, be like, hey James, make sure it's a Joe Burrow header. I'll just make four takeaways about Joe Burrow and then I'll finally get to somebody else.
1: Yeah, honestly, and again, no offense to the defense because they did show up in the second half, but uh, anything Joe Burrow related is always going to stick with this fan base, but just a great night for Joe Burrow. I know he had the two picks, but again, you throw four tutties without Joe Mixon and your number one wide receiver, Jamar Chase, out there, and you still show up with your playmakers that you do have. It was a night for Joe, 355. And then he did go over the 10,000 mark of Kurt Warner the um, Hold on one second. Now i got to pull the stat up because I'm Third safe.
0: fastest uh, to reach 10,000 passing yards. I saw it. Yeah,
1: which is pretty incredible for Joe Burrow. So uh, credit to JB. What a night for him. A big division win. Make sure you check him out over on Twitter, Bengals underscore Sands. Check out his work on all Bengals. You can follow me at, at LNDS Patterson later this week. We'll get Tennessee Bengals. A look ahead to Thanksgiving. All the fun stuff on. It's always game day in Cincinnati.